The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hardly Kayfabe. I am one of your hosts. I am Johnny... Ta- Why am I talking like that? I'm Johnny Townsend, and I'm joined by Mr. Matt Johnson, or Matt Johnson. How you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I just, uh, a, I, I just, I just um, got developing done taking a, a new drug character. test. <laughs> I just got done taking a drug test, so I had to oh, pee in a you? cup. Did, yeah. you, did you pee in front of a lot of people? Yeah. yeah like out weird. in the open? Yeah, I don't know why. That's how you take drug tests. Did you not know that? <laughs> uh, I, now, apparently, that's the new thing. That's the that's what we do yeah. in the 21st century. We uh, we just kind of go and we're gonna have public like, public like contract signings are apparently public knowledge now. So are drug tests. Yeah. If you're gonna fail, you're gonna fail right in front of everybody. So uh, yeah, as it should man. be. Every every drug test I've ever had to take where I've had to pee in a cup, I've done that in front of a live audience. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm glad and, they didn't have that when TV. I worked at Target in yeah. the early 2000s, or the middle 2000s. Yeah, on TV. <laughs> yeah, on TV. <laughs> I was surrounded by nothing but a small uh, black curtain that kind of goes up to my waist. <laughs> I hate, I really, wrestling aggravates me so much. I can't even keep, I can't even keep a kayfabe anymore. I, it's so dumb. Like, come on, so man. Let's, yeah, so let's just jump into it. All right, yeah. so, on on SmackDown, the Jeff Hardy saga has continued. And I can only just imagine, I don't know this, like I don't think he's ever made anything public about this, but I can only imagine that if they're going to come up with these type of storylines, for me, if I was Jeff Hardy, I can't count the days until my contract is over. <laughs> but, uh, so Jeff Hardy, like we already talked about the hit and run that he quote-unquote did, because uh, he was quote-unquote drunk. Uh, then they let him out of jail that same day because he wasn't drunk. So now, Seamus... And all his uh, and all his intelligence and, and red hair uh, decides that he's going to make before they sign the contract for their wrestling match at Backlash, which is coming up. Uh, let's uh, let's make Jeff Hardy take a urine test, like he's got a pee in a cup. Uh, but here's the catch. Here's I actually took notes while I was watching this segment. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Thankfully, uh, thankfully WWE saw saw it that we could all go back and watch it because we need to see this. Uh, this is uh, this is how you do storytelling, you know, is having this pee test. So, of course, right now, just to you know, the, you can't have live crowds. They're still in that. So what they're doing now, they finally learned from AEW, and they're actually putting wrestlers and other types of talent around. Uh, you know, around in the crowd, so you do get crowd noise and stuff, uh, which I'm very grateful for. Um, so that part is good. They did learn something there. I'm glad they're doing that. However, the first thing that they do is they continue the storyline by saying, hey, Jeff Hardy, you have to pee in this cup. Now, here are my notes for this. My first question about this is, Matt, 
if you're let's just say you got to go to the bathroom and you got to pee, right? And you're yeah. in a public place and you're standing at a urinal. For me, uh, I always hate it. I hate it if another guy comes in there. And even though there's urinals near us, like like he, uh, far away enough, but he stands at the one right next to me. <laughs> Can't stand it. I was like, dude. <laughs> this isn't Europe. We don't pee, you know, we don't, we need a little bit more distance here. Yeah. Uh, it's not, but I am European. <laughs> uh, but no, but at, I, at that I, moment. I, under, I understand that. That's a little uncomfortable. I tried peeing on a boat before, like peeing out into the water, <laughs> and I couldn't do it. Yeah. You never know when, yeah. like, this, like, yes. somebody's got to f- just use their jet boat thing and just go right by. You know, and you're embarrassed because you're. Yeah. So what if what if Jeff yeah. Hardy was pee shy? Is what I'm getting at. What if, like, he's literally. I can't think of a more uh, intense, uh, you know, situation in which you're forced to pee than to be surrounded <laughs> by people and a doctor. By the way, who who I, the doctor is my favorite part of this whole thing. Watch him. Go back and watch this and see how over <laughs> he overacts to everything. Uh, it's really great. Like he does a little, uh, like he never even has any words during this part of the segment, but his, just his act, his acting and his reactions to everything is gold. It's just pure gold. And you know what, <laughs> you know what would enable me to pee in front of people? Take it to, if they could drug test in front of other people, a lot of drugs, a lot of drugs would do that. Yeah. A lot of yeah. drugs would help me in that manner. Yeah. Uh, that's so maybe, that's the only maybe Jeff Hardy was yeah, maybe Jeff Hardy was on drugs and that's why he threw it at Sheamus. Yeah. So that's the other thing to this. Like they're they're trying to tell this story that's a real part of Jeff Hardy's life. He's really going through this stuff. Yeah. And he's been very passionate. I thought his delivery was really good when he was had the speaking when he was talking. Like it really sounded like it came from him and stuff. Uh, you know, so I, that part I thought was great. Like I I'm all for that. That part sounded good, but it gets still kind of a really weird thing. Like you're touching on this these demons that this guy's literally dealing with in his life when it comes to drinking and stuff, and it's kind of weird. You know, it's kind of weird and strange to be doing that because everybody knows that this is something that he really deals with, and yeah. so that's kind of strange to start with. So that's kind of a, a really serious subject you're talking about, and then literally minutes later he's throwing his. His giant. Let's talk about this cup of urine too. By the way, this giant beer <laughs> cup of urine into Seamus's face within like it's just a just a you know just a pose with the seriousness of the message. It's just so weird to me because how goofy and over top this segment was overall. Besides the things that he was saying, the the amount of pee for how long he stood there, quote unquote, <laughs> urinating, just does not add up to me, Matt. What do you think? <laughs> No, because you know what? I have lots of experience in peeing in objects. Uh, yes. I'm like a professional at it. I have to do it. Like, because like, I work in asbestos and, like, we have to suit up and we're not allowed out of containment or you have to do, like, this 15 minute, like, shower out process. So you're peeing in a lot of water bottles and throwing them in garbage. And yeah. I've tried a lot of times to get it, you know, to get it to at least come close to the top. I don't want it to overflow because then I'll pee on my hands. But. Right, I never yeah. get that close. I, I'm always like, it's always like half a bottle to three quarters. It's, yeah, like, that makes that, more that was sense a lot, to me. That was an unnatural lot amount of pee. Yeah, and it was, for the amount of time he was standing there, while Seamus gave this PSA that we've all heard from the Dare program. P 
Why isn't there doing that? PSA. Yeah. While he was doing that, so I would dare say that it was under a minute of actual pee time for 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 Jeff Hardy, and he filled up this not just a regular. Every cup that I've had to pee into for a drug test when I was going for a job or whatever, uh, n- not remotely that huge as this thing. This thing was literally something if you went to a bar and they had giant like beer, you know, things that they pour their beer into the beer glasses. Yeah. It's literally that size. It was humongous. Good for him. It was good for him. It was a supersized. It was just like a supersized. If you go to McDonald's and supersize your combo meal, that's the size of the cup you get. And he. Filled that thing up in under a minute. Honestly, <laughs> it's pretty incredible if you think about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, good. I, if I, I don't know, I really don't know what to make of it. I, I don't know because I've seen a lot of people they were turning off their TVs and stuff because of it. I mean, it's so over the top. Yeah, I, I even, th- the, anybody, even the people if, in the crowd, even the people in the crowd who who are. Um, who are keeping it kayfabe, which that part I like. I like they were cheering and booing when they probably when they should be. Uh, however, they were you would hear some of them who were louder than others who were saying some really goofy over the top lines. Like one of them was asking Seamus why he was looking when <laughs> when Jeff Hardy was taking his pee test. <laughs> like I heard one of them ask that. Um, so it's uh, but it just seems so over the top that I kind of think overall. It definitely takes from if you're trying to make this an important message and not just using this as a storyline, which we all know they're just using this as a storyline. But if they're actually wanting to take something serious, you know, I think a good example would be in comic books, right? There's a very famous uh, drug story in one of the comic books of I can't remember who it was. It wasn't a Spider-Man comic book. I can't remember, but I think both DC and Marvel both both done this, where it was like a drug, it was like a drug issue. Uh, that a character had or something, and they really took it seriously. Yeah. Uh, even though this is a world of superheroes and stuff, they still took the issue itself very seriously and treated it with, uh, you know, tact and stuff. Uh, that's not WWE style. <laughs> no, uh, not at all. Not at all. So, uh, you know, I, so I'm very torn on this. As a guy who loves, I love comedy, obviously. also love unintentional comedy. Uh, I love over-the-top stuff. Maybe something it wasn't meant to be is funny. Like, you know, uh, one day on this show, we will do a deep dive of when a certain debut of a wrestler where he's wearing a Stormtrooper helmet and he falls down. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive on that, on this, on that that happened one day. That's my <laughs> dream for this show. But, you know, but this segment here, it was very hard for me to tell if they were going for comedy or if they were... <laughs> If they're being dead serious about all of it, I could not tell with this, just because they would literally have Jeff Hardy pleading out, you know, talking about, "Hey, I am an alcoholic. I've let myself down. I've let my family down many times." Like these sound like really true words that he's really felt before, and then they just followed up with him peeing in this comically huge glass, <laughs> filling it up, and just throwing it in, in the face of Seamus, who, by the way, reacted greatly to, who I think anybody would react if you had pee thrown in your face. Yeah, yeah. Which I've never experienced, is, thankfully. I can't say that I have either. I'm not in. I'm not into that sort of thing. I know some people are, but yeah, not me neither. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to shame anybody who's into it. If that's you, then you do you. As long as everybody's on board for whatever it is, and fine. But uh, it's just really not something. I've had stuff thrown in my face before, like water or like somebody's 
cup of drink when they were mad at me or something. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. But I've never once, anytime I've ever had to pee in something and give it to the doctor or whatever, never once thought, I'm going to throw this in somebody's face. It's never entered my brain. <laughs> no. No, I, like, that just seems to be WWE style, though, just to make light of stuff like that. I don't know, to, to make it, like, seem funny. I wonder what it would be like if there's, there was actually, like, a live crowd, you know, yeah. for this Yes, I'm very curious how that would be. Yeah, that's a good question. How do you think this would be taken by an actual live crowd and not by people that WWE put in there who are who are doing it really, honestly, overall, I'm glad they're at least putting somebody there because uh, it's, it's, it makes the show way better that you have actual people reacting to things. Yeah. But I really wonder how an actual, quote-unquote, smart crowd would do uh, with this segment. I'm very curious about that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's, it's not like, would they laugh? I feel like there'd be some laughter. I do. Well, I think the kids, I think the younger people would laugh because it's definitely, uh, you know, if like, oh man, Jeff Hardy threw his pee in somebody's face. That's just the funny sentence in itself. Cause that's literally what happened. Jeff Hardy threw his pee into Seamus's face. That's a, that, that's happened. That's a thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to, to just discuss, what twenty the year twenty twenty is? In a nutshell, it's Jeff Hardy throwing his pee <laughs> in another man's face, <laughs> and you're that other man. <laughs> that's twenty yeah. twenty, right? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's a fair description. I would I would definitely say it's very comparable. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about all this. I feel like the, the it could be a good storyline, but the way it's been delivered, the way it's been handled, has made it almost seem comedic. I don't know. Yes. I think a lot of people are too ups- are also are, are upset about it. it shouldn't be. Uh, you know, I think I talked about it a couple of weeks ago when this angle started with the drunk driving and, and all that. When it first started to become a concept, to become an idea, uh, you know, the only person who has the right to be mad about how this segment's kind of unfolding is Jeff Hardy. Jeff yeah, Hardy. and his a lot family, of people, I would say. And his family. And it, like, it, it's weird because I know Scott Hall, they did a, in WCW, they did the drinking angle with him, and they yeah. and people weren't very happy about that either. But I don't remember if I've ever heard Scott Hall complain about that. And it's his personal life. You know what I mean? If, if, if he wants to, if this is what he wants to go through, you know, go for it. Go for it. You endure all this. Yeah, and I think. Uh, and didn't they do something with Hawk and Animal too at one point? Where they I can't did. remember which one it was. Who had it was the in the '90s issue. run, I think. Uh, the '90s yeah. run, alcohol. I think something to do with alcohol or something like that. And he was all yeah. sorts of messed up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's I, I hate when pro wrestling tries to blur the lines in that way. There's plenty of other opportunity to blur lines, but I don't think when yeah. It's well, Jeff Hardy. Well, right Jeff Hardy's yeah. Jeff Hardy's history too is such that he literally when he was in TNA wrestling and he had a giant match coming up with for the world title with I just watched Sting. it a couple weeks ago too. I just watched it a couple yeah. weeks ago. It was so bad. And it's a, and he's and you know he's embarrassed by that. How you're not embarrassed by that? Because uh, he was obviously you know he was obviously under something. He had taken something. Uh, it's very clear. Sting's talked about this and uh, like they even had to. This was on. This was live too. You can go back and watch this. And this is actually. A lot of people think it's comedy, and I get that. But honestly, when I saw it, I was just was really sad because <laughs> you're just seeing this guy who has obvious issues and he needs help. Uh, but yeah, it's so he's had, he definitely has a history of this stuff. It's not. I mean, just we even talked about it on the last episode. Even recently, he got a you know he got pulled over for 
driving under the influence. So this is not nothing new. He's fighting this. This is something he has to fight. Uh, you know, even Matt Hardy has had a history with some of this stuff too. You know, in pro wrestling in general, this is not something new. I mean, these guys, I mean, you can speak on this more than me, Matt, but these guys are putting their bodies on the line when they're doing this stuff. They get hurt, they get banged up, and they get bruised, and it's just really easy to get hooked on stuff that help you kind of get through your day, right? It, no, it 100% is. Uh, and I think, like, now wrestling might be a little bit more open than it's ever been, but, you know, I don't think, like, when I did backstage work for WWE, they don't, they don't have, like, psychologists or therapists for these guys to like talk to if they have issues and for some people unfortunately drugs and and alcohol are the only way that they've had it's not the obviously not the right way to deal with issues but it's for some of them it's all that they have it's 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 a miserable road being on the road all the time it's a miserable life and that's kind of that's part of the reason they're, they're rarely home yeah yeah, that, that's honestly, that might have been a partial factor of me not wanting to wrestle anymore because my weekdays sucked, and I'd spend my entire weekends and my paychecks that I just worked all week for being on the road. And granted, WWE guys are making a lot more money than I ever will or had in pro wrestling, but uh, it's it's hard, and, you know, you're everybody wants to be bros, but you're not allowed to, like, talk about feelings, and you're not allowed to get crap off your chest you know what i mean uh it's like yeah it, it's, it's very like it's almost like a too masculine in, in that regard uh yeah it, i mean how many people have we seen that lifestyle they've fallen that lifestyle then the ones who don't want to be a part of it they don't really get uh they're not in the club right it's 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 legit like a yeah. sick trait of pro wrestling you know uh, and it's not just and it's not just pro wrestling uh, you know, even on the last dance, the Michael Jordan documentary that was really, really good. Like it's starting out, he's a rookie in the NBA, just joining the the Chicago Bulls, and he talks about a time where this is when drugs in the '80s were really, really prevalent in a lot of the pro sports, especially uh, the National Basketball Association. And he was looking for his teammates in a hotel, and he he never names names, but he walks into a room with a bunch of them, and there's just drugs everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, it's insane. It's insane. But that's and I've, that's, and I've definitely heard stories of, of wrestling locker rooms back in the day oh where God, that was yeah. kind of a similar thing. Yeah. Oh my I mean look at uh Andre the Giant's another one. I know we're going away from Jeff Hardy a little bit, but Andre the Giant's another one. He knew he was going to die and that man just drank alcohol all day every day for that because he yeah. knew. He's like, Whatever, I'm just gonna get drunk and nineteen bottles of wine later and, and like in a four hour trip and like it, that's how he dealt with their depression. That's all there is. Sometimes have you seen it's, his? Have you seen that documentary they did on Andre the Giant? It was on HBO. Oh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. it it's incredible. I would love to cover that on the show at some point. It's I w- so so freaking good. I would too. I would too. But yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. So I so I think we're both on the same page here. I just don't understand uh, if this is supposed to be for comedy or if this is supposed to be a serious thing. Um, in WWE, they've set up a universe in which. Uh, it's either something very serious or it's something very funny, the storylines, right? It's rarely set up. There's some things are, like some shows have set up their worlds in which you can kind of do both, and they both fit, right? They both things fit. Uh, you can you can have very serious uh, subject matter, but you are still you still can have jokes and stuff in it, and it all works. It all makes right. sense. It all works. It's all part of the universe. It's kind of how that show works. Uh, 
The WWE, however, I've always felt like they've definitely always tried to have humor in their shows, which I appreciate, especially for kids. If you're an old ages show, you need something in there. Uh, but it's just always done so strangely to me, and it almost seems like it's just pushed in there. And you can tell this is all just stuff like, I guarantee when that urine was thrown in Seamus's face, there was one man laughing really hard backstage, and that was Vince McMahon. <laughs> so that just seems, like a, it just seems like his type of humor, right? That's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> or or that's good urine you know uh, it's just so I, I i don't know uh, i think i think that i'm way more and i don't know why i'm going to use this word because it's wwe but i'm way more disappointed that this storyline uh like they didn't somebody didn't look at this and, and we're going to get into why because we have another a uh, couple other news stories to talk about but um you know they why didn't somebody who was writing this segment look at this and go, "Hey, we this uh, this glass of pee is a bit too comical <laughs> for what we're talking about here." Like, I think we're, if you could have like toned some of this stuff down just a little bit, uh, this would have been way more serious, and you still could have had the urine thrown into Seamus's face, and it still would have worked. But the the glass was just comically huge and comically filled up. Uh, him having to take that test in front of everyone was also kind of comical and over the top in my opinion i've never once had to do that uh of course i mean in fairness i've never had a history of, of drug issues either but like so i understand like a doctor going with you to the to the bathroom like that made sense but never like in front of like a whole f- a freaking audience on tv <laughs> right no i know yeah. what you mean now i'm trying to remember another like real quick another drug segment did they or alcohol segment did they do a drug test with cm punk back in the day too in front of people i don't remember but he did he was famously known as straight edge even on his even on that show uh so maybe that was like a storyline somebody trying to catch him uh or something like that when, when he was trying to be self-righteous or something i don't know i don't remember uh it would make sense in a way yeah i feel like they did they, they, it's it's just been rehashed too much, uh, yeah. But no, I'm I'm over I'm over that stuff. I, I've seen segments where they've done drug tests and stuff in like in the back, but it's such a weird issue because you know for being anti-drug and you know how many chances has Jeff Hardy gotten? You know, like what's the point of the drug test if he keeps getting pulled over for this and that, and they never like suspend him? Like I feel like they don't suspend anybody for drugs anymore. It's I mean, I'm sure they do. But, they they do. I, I think know. didn't Andrade didn't uh, Andrade yeah. just get suspended recently for it? That's, that's so I think true. it just kind of depends on who you are. Uh, I know Brock Lesnar like uh, there wasn't something with him with drug tests recently where they like they didn't even care about it or something like that. Oh, the like, UFC. You know. Yeah, it's like it, yeah. it's it's strange. Like it's a bad situation because a lot of guys do get caught in this. You know, or it's like a miss. Uh, I think Hornswoggle got in trouble or fired for that reason, but it's like you're almost making light yeah. of it. You're almost making a joke out of it. It, so. it kind of depends on who you are, too. I think if you have more, uh, like if you're more prominent, they're more willing to help you. I mean, uh, in a totally different field, you know, Chris Farley, who's this comedian I really loved, uh, he, you know, he was very famous on Saturday Night Live and stuff, and it was obvious he was developing a drug issue. And a lot of people tried to help him. They sent him into rehab three or four times, and he just kept relapsing. He just wasn't taking. Right. And he tragically died later from it. So, 
Uh, and we've lost some very awesome wrestlers to it. I mean, you know, Eddie Guerrero had a very, you know, they let him go at one point due to his drug issue. And thankfully, he was able to come back from that. And he was obviously doing better. And then we still lost him. So it's just a sad situation overall uh, when it comes to drugs. And it's some very serious stuff. Uh, and I think it's very easy, especially if you're in a, a field in which you're constantly putting some miles on your body and you're doing some very strenuous stuff and you're taking bumps and you're getting hit and getting hurt all the time. And it's not just wrestling, but I think any field that involves that type of thing. I think it's very easy for when you go to the doctor and say, hey, here's some pain pills, and then that kind of starts you off. And that's it. Uh, yeah. You know, you start off, yeah, and then boom. Uh, before you know it, you're hooked on on different things. You're trying to find the next thing that makes you feel better. Uh, so it's, I think it's kind of sad, and it's something a lot of people deal with. So if if the WWE had thought this out, and they were like, you know what, a lot of people deal with this stuff, Jeff Hardy included, maybe we can take this with a little bit more tact and seriousness, uh, and we'll, uh, you know, and we'll actually kind of approach this from a standpoint of saying, hey, this is a serious issue, but you're not alone. You're not the only one who deals with this. You know, uh, they could have had so many great messages from this, but instead we get a comically huge <laughs> cup of urine thrown in another man's face. <laughs> that's what we get instead. So no, uh, that's, that's WWE for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Matt, let's talk about the other thing. Another part of the big news. There's three things I want to touch on today. We already touched on the first one. So the second one I really want to talk about is uh, they're changing things up uh, with Raw and SmackDown again. Yeah, and very this is shocking. Paul Heyman, yeah, Paul Heyman is no longer kind of in charge of Raw. He they they said that he like WWE. Uh, I don't remember what their actual official statement was, but they came out and said that he's now going to focus on his own air stuff, his own air persona, uh, and that uh, Bruce Pritchard is taking over both SmackDown and Raw, and are going to try to streamline stuff. So this brought up a lot of questions to me. But first of all, Matt, how do you feel about this overall? I oh man I don't I don't like it I, I do but I don't all right I do but I don't Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon have this weird history and apparently there's a lot of reports coming out that Vince just does not like Paul Heyman like period at all and that's part of the reason why I went into this uh, I think I think it's not it's not going to be good they're just looking for a scapegoat I really think that. Uh, of course people aren't going to be invested in in it right now. People can't go to shows. There's a total like there's a total loss of the pro wrestling experience. It was cool for a little while, honestly. I gave him a lot of credit for it, but uh, you know, what's people aren't going to tune in. Of course ratings are going to get are, are going to be down. Of course the ratings yeah. are going to be down. People it's hard to invest like I I want to see people at sports. I'm willing to watch pro football this year if there's fans in the crowd. I'm willing to do that. But the big draw has always been that crowd energy. It's like a it's it's one of like the most important aspects of any sports sporting event that you have to have like people there. So I think Paul's just a scapegoat. And honestly, things started off very well. They started off very and well. He's not for the him. first scapegoat. No. No, and he sure, certainly won't be the last either. Uh Bruce Pritchard is now the guy. Everything runs through him creatively. They've united it all under him. He replaced Eric Bischoff several months ago, and now he's just taking over Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> Bischoff just... was the first scapegoat. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's it's to me, 
Uh, one of the reports that I saw, and this was from you know the the, the psycho sids, uh, that it's like Heyman had a he's had a history. Like this is just a thing where he'll find certain wrestlers that he really likes and he thinks has potential, and he'll push for them. And yeah. uh, like recently, you can kind of see that like he really liked Ricochet. So for a while, Ricochet was kind of getting a push. He really liked uh, Alexander. So for a while, Alexander was getting a push. But now you rarely even see them, uh, and that's because a certain somebody who's in charge of the whole company, if he doesn't see you as a star, you're just screwed. He doesn't. It's rare that you get a chance. It's rare that a Daniel Bryan thing happens, uh, and it's even harder right now with no crowds for a Daniel Bryan thing to happen. That's the only reason we got Daniel Bryan uh, is because the crowds were like, you know what, we're not going to, t- we're not going to take this. We like this guy, uh, and we don't care what you do. We're we're going to like this guy, right? Right. Uh, that, and that's kind of hard to do right now when you don't have crowds. Uh, that's just not going to happen. So whoever Vince likes is who's going to uh, get the ball. And I do think, like Drew McIntyre, I think he's where he should be. Like, I have nothing against him being a champion. I think he's a great champion. Uh, he's somebody that I like anyway, so I'm not against that or anything. But you can definitely see where other wrestlers who were getting a shot are no longer getting that shot. Like, it's just they're just kind of buried now, uh, just in a sea of... Uh, um, you know, just doing nothing really, and that part's kind of sad. The other thing I had, the other question I had for you, Matt, is uh, if one guy and I like Bruce Pritchard, I have nothing against him. I like his podcast. Uh, uh, I do think at times he's he's a uh, <laughs> he's not always super truthful. He's very much a company guy. Oh yeah, even when he wasn't working for the company, and that's fine. I have nothing against that. Being loyal is always a good thing. Fine and dandy, uh, and he's. Obviously, he's come up with some really great stuff creatively over time before. So, uh, I'll give him a shot working both shows. My question to you, though, is if you have a brand split, isn't it kind of weird having one guy running both brands and them being really similar and streamlining them? It's a horrible idea. It's it's It doesn't make any sense. You're going to see a lot of similar stuff. Whether they want to admit it or not, you're going to see a lot of similar things that's just the way it is yeah. that's the way it is. you have to have two different minds on it and like i said I, I like bruce pritchard too but i think him like eric bischoff like paul Heyman, and like vince mcmahon their genius is a very old school mentality it's a very old school mentality yeah. i think paul Heyman's probably the most progressive one progressive thinking wrestling booker uh, even though some probably of his so. stuff even though his stuff sometimes comes off a little outlandish Paul Heyman knows knows what makes a star in 2020. Uh, he yeah. he has an, he has an, a, a vision of that, and you know what? A lot of these guys who were getting pushes they're gonna they're gonna fall to the wayside, and it sucks because every time I think wrestling's changing for the better, it goes one step forward and then two steps back. Like, what are you doing, Vince McMahon? What are you doing here? Yes. <laughs> I don't get it. You like, but the majority of yeah, Paul Heyman's thing- run as head writer for Raw has been. No crowd. I'm pretty sure the majority of the time. I don't know how long it's been going on for, but at least a good chunk of time. And right, yeah, you're, you're going to punish him. Part now. Of it for sure. There's going to you're going to criticize him and fire him because there's a decline right now. People yeah. do not care about like pro wrestling is not number one on a lot of people's agendas right now, especially with yeah. the way the world is. And like I said, it, it's it's so it's so weird to watch. It's so weird to watch and, right and, now and, without a crowd. And also, WWE just has a 
it, like how they book things, like they never change that up. Uh, so in other words, like let's say you're a champion, and any any of the champions, except for maybe the world heavyweight champion, might be the difference. But let's say you're tag team champions, and you have a match against another tag team, and it's not for the title. You're the, if you're the champion, you're going to lose that match. Like it's, I can almost always guarantee that, and you're really wrong if you. Like I would bet that if it was something you can make money off of. If you're a tag team champ and you're in a non-title match, you're going to lose that match, right? It's just, and it's against another, and it's against another credible tag team. You're going to lose it. Uh, it's just how they think that they need to build teams up, which makes no sense to me. Uh, it's if you want to have a brand split, you need the shows to feel different. You just do, and having the same guy run both shows is not how you do that. Uh, no. The reason that NXT feels different is because of the people who run it, and uh, you know they kind of let let them have their own thing. That's why it feels different to this day. Uh, still, of the three shows, I still feel NXT is the best of them. It's the more interesting one of them. And you kind of touched on the old school thing, but the the part of the old school that NXT takes in is how they tell stories. Yes. And how they uh, tell stories in the ring and such. That's something that they kind of losing. Like the Raw and SmackDown are way more focusing on the entertainment part than they are on the actual storytelling. It's way more about inter- it's way more about throwing urine in somebody's faces than it is about uh, the actual match and what's going to happen in the match. Right? It's way more than like you can't just for whatever reason. Like on SmackDown, also on the same SmackDown, there was a crazy great match with Daniel Bryan. And AJ Styles. Oh, That's yeah. That's a dream matchup right there. Yeah, and that match was awesome. That match was freaking fantastic. And it's not even getting talked about but it was right on now. The, it's not yeah, even getting talked about. But it was on the same sh- – you're right. That's what I'm saying. It was, but it was on the same show in which a man had urine thrown in his face. So which one are you going to talk about? <laughs> we opened the show, this show, talking about the urine. And, and just now I'm mentioning the AJ Styles-Daniel Bryan match, which was fantastic. And I encourage you, if you love wrestling, to go find that match. It's probably the best SmackDown match in a long time. I would dare say. I can believe it. Uh, so it's, yeah, so uh, it's, I think that they kind of get in their own way uh, when it comes to this stuff. Uh, you know, Vince McMahon does not, and I obviously never met the guy, this is just from everything that I've seen, this is just how it feels to me, is never a guy who, if he ever says something is, and he goes, I take blame for this, I don't think that's in his vocabulary. I don't oh, think he ever yo. feels anything is his fault. No, coaches, like yeah. pro, pro sports coaches, general managers, owners, they'll take blame, but Vince has never been one yeah. to, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, al- it's always somebody else's fault if the ratings are down. It's always somebody else's fault. You know, he, he'll he he'll get rid of wrestlers. He'll get rid of uh, people's pushes. He'll get rid yeah, of – Yeah, look like, at Zack Ryder back in 20, 2011. Yeah. 2012. He got himself over – was really popular, and then when he won the U.S. title in this amazing storyline, the, the ratings went down. Uh, got what some of the reason, the external reasons were, but he took the fall for it, and he was he dropped the title and got yeah. buried within a month. It's like, come on, yeah. And he was getting huge pops too. He was. Like, he was getting huge, huge pops. Uh, it's so uh, it's just really strange to me. Um, you know, I have a hard time with how I feel about Vince McMahon just because without him, uh, there's a lot of wrestling that I grew up with that I wouldn't have had. Right. And he's very important to it. Uh, so, so he'll always have that part of me. Like you always, like I always love him for that part. But then there's other parts where I'm like, man, it's just sometimes you got to know <laughs> when you're hurting your own product. It's his own money. He's hurt. He's, he's hurting. 
Uh, and they're still, but the other issue is the WWE still makes money. It's still making money. Even before they released those wrestlers, they were going to be a profitable company this year. Even with these low ratings, they're going to be profitable because yeah. they've made great deals. I don't know how Fox feels about that right now. I don't know how they feel getting in bed with WWE uh, with the ratings being this low, but um, I don't understand how you can get rid of uh, the guy from Raw and put the same guy on SmackDown when both shows, honestly, were not lining it up ratings-wise. Uh, I think Raw's probably doing slightly better, but that's just because that's historically everybody knows that Vince always has loved Raw. That's his baby. So that's kind of uh, the one that they put a lot of emphasis on. But it's it's just really strange to me. Like in AEW right now, they're doing a much better job of telling stories that are really easy to kind of get behind. Uh, you know, like they they'll have right now they have uh, Cody Rhodes with their I forgot what their new title is called, but he's got that new title which is basically like the IC or TV like t- title, like a TV title, yeah. It. TNT championship or something like that. Yeah, something like that. But he's literally, like, the hook on his championship is, and they did this with John Cena and WWE, and it worked great. He'd have an open challenge every week or something, and and it was giving new guys chances to shine. And you're getting some great matches with that. Uh, And that's a hook for the show. Like, I want to see who he's going to wrestle next, you know? Uh, So that's a good hook for the show. And that's simple storytelling. Good gosh. How simple was that? Uh, and, And it works. It works. So I don't, it's just that they get in their own way and then, and I feel like I'm rambling now, but they just get on their own way and it just makes me, it's just, it's, I'm not even mad anymore. I was at a point when I was, if I was younger, I would have been really upset about all this, but now I'm just like, I'm just like, huh, that's just how I feel. Like when I hear stuff, you know, I just, it just, I got to the point where I don't care and that's to me even worse. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm probably the only one on this show, part of the host that, doesn't care for pro wrestling. Like, I'll talk about it because I like talking about the good times, but I don't, like, I just see the stuff on my news feed. I don't make an effort to watch anymore. I just, I've, like, lost all love and passion for it because it's just, it's so, it's so strange. It's so weird. And I don't know, like, there's, there's so many different elements to it. I don't know if it's because wrestling fans are like Star Wars fans where you can't make them happy. Or I don't know if it's like it's because you know booking and storylines are just so draconian. They just they're just it's it's not like smart booking at all. Like people aren't just updating. Uh, you know, people aren't changing with the times. I I I just I don't know. It's it's un it's it's strange. It's unfortunate. Uh, I mean, pro wrestling is still very alive and well. In this world, in the in this world, like don't get me wrong, it's still alive and well. There's still a huge fan base for it. There's a lot of people who just live. They live for pro wrestling and watching it on TV, and they aspire to be one someday. But yeah, I, I just I, I don't know. I think the, like I think it's gonna end up if, if pro wrestling ever does die, it's like it's literally like a cockroach. It it has been for seemingly a long time. But if it ever does die, it's gonna be because of its own fault. It's going to be because of its own fault. Yeah. Uh, some, it, it's going to get in its own way, and but I don't I don't foresee that happening for a long time. I don't foresee that happening for a long time. But um, but but yeah, I just it's it's too hard to get invested. Uh, in, in, for at least for me, at least for me, uh, I I give alone. little thought. I give little thought. Like the most interesting thing I think that's happened in pro wrestling in a long time was Rob Gronkowski winning the twenty four seven title. I mean that's. 
that that's yeah. that 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 hooked me. That gave you know I feel like one of those guys who are like, oh, I'll tune in if something mainstream like mainstream mainstream happens, and that was kind of that. But um, yeah, but yeah, I'm not just I'm just I'm not invested anymore. It's it sucks. It sucks, and I feel bad because I feel like yeah. I cheat the listeners and I cheat you and and Chris sometimes on these episodes because I'm not just I'm just not invested anymore like in the current product, but. Um, but I, I think it's it's come to be an advantage because I have like a little. I'm not going to say like I have a pessimistic mind about it, but I'm a little bit more open. I kind of see things in a different different narrative and light uh, with it. But but yeah, that's I mean that's just that's how I feel about pro wrestling in 2020. Yeah, I don't think you're alone. Uh, but I will say just on a positive note, a lot of the indie wrestling even there right now it's all kind of on pause. Uh, has there's some really fun stuff going on there, but. Uh, so let's uh, let's kind of end this show. There's one more thing I thought was kind of interesting. Um, for the longest time, it had been rumored that WWE Network was going to bring out different versions of their network. Uh, and they kind of already started this. I don't know if you saw this, but on WWE.com, they actually announced this on June 1st. Uh, the WWE introduces the new free version of the WWE Network. Uh, the free version of the network, the company's award-winning digital streaming service, I know it's really funny when they're talking about themselves like that, but whatever. Uh, Unlocking a vast portion of its content library with more than 15,000 action-packed WWE titles now available for free. So if you, uh, so there is a free version of the network now. And on this free version, you'll get this. This is the content they said it will include. Uh, New shows including Raw Talk streaming Monday nights each week immediately following Raw. Groundbreaking original series including Monday Night Raw, Ride Along, Table for Three, Photo Shoot, Story Time. That Table for Three is still one of the best things they've ever done. Um, recent episodes of the WWE's flagship programs from SmackDown and Raw NXT. Uh, select historical WWE pay-per-views and NXT takeover events. Weekly WWE highlight shows uh, like their top tens and their bump and WWE's The Bump, WWE Now, The Best of WWE, and WWE Timeline. So you get all this stuff for free now. You don't have to pay for that. Uh, I think the thing you pay for now pretty much is the is when the pay-per-views and stuff come around. Uh, the launch of the WWE's Network's free version is a key component of our company's digitization uh, strategy and a new way for all fans to be able to experience premium WWE content. That's kind of their take on that. Um, I'm going to say this, Matt. Uh, we've been blasting WWE for rightfully so for this whole episode but this is one thing i can be on board for <laughs> yeah i like the idea of it i mean it's it's it makes you there's something like elements that you'll uh you know you'll question in, in this and that but uh you know as far as like the payment but that's not like technically my problem it's the wrestler's problem i know when the network first came out this is a big uh issue about the uh you know, the where's the money coming from for pay per views and this and that stuff? Like, how are people getting paid and, yeah. and this and that? But I think it's, I think it's, I, th- I think it's one a wonderful gesture. Uh, I think the network is actually a very like invaluable resource. I really do. I, I think it's a very good resource, and the fact that they're willing to give oh, it yeah. away, at, like, you know, not the whole aspect of the network, but some elements of it, you know, for free. I think it's a, I think it's a really neat, you know, idea. Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, I think they give like some of the they give a month free or a week free or a couple days free. But uh I, I think this just having a whole other element of free of free streaming. Uh, I think it's I think it's excellent. I think it's a very good gesture on WWE's part. Trying to get maybe some more people to kinda hook onto it. Uh 
you know, and try yeah. it out. But. It's smart. It's smart from that aspect too. Is uh, if somebody's seen this and they're like, oh, I get, I'm, they're they're watching the free stuff and they're like, man, I kind of want to see what the other stuff is behind the paywall. It's, I mean, this is the best way to do it. You hook people and they're, and they'll be like, you know, what? I kind of like this stuff. Let's see what else there is. Um, so I'm all for this. It's probably the smartest thing they can do. Uh, everything's getting a streaming service nowadays, so it's just getting even more expensive than having cable. If you want, like, if you want uh, a variety of everything, like HBO Max just came out, right? Oh, and they yeah. have so many shows on there that I that I want to see, and I'm just like, I can't pay for another service. I'm already getting like five or six, and that one's fifteen bucks a month. Uh, so for this to be free, and it's wrestling, and it has some of the old stuff in it, uh, sign me up. I'm all for it. Great, great, great thing they're doing here. Uh, way better than their current writing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. So uh, I encourage people to take that up. You know, if you're a huge wrestling fan, I encourage you guys to take that up. Uh, if you if you don't have the network at, at this point or maybe you want to downgrade uh, just a tad, just to kind of be involved, I think it's a great deal. I really do. But, uh, but yeah, I think that about wraps up this week's episode. I think that's a very nice, uh, very good way to end this. I, hope, I do hope people take advantage of it. Uh, hopefully next week we can all get together with Chris. Again, I think it's been a while since the three of us actually recorded together. Unfortunately, uh, it happens more often than not. But uh, no, it's it's. Hopefully, we all get back together next week. But um, yeah, I'm all I'm all tapped out, Johnny. What about you, my man? Yeah, I'm finished too. I just want to leave everybody with this. Uh, I'm not in trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs>